0: Welcome to A View from the Bullins in partnership with flatback4.co.uk, clothing inspired by the beautiful game and fanscapes.co.uk made by fans for fans.
3: Hello and welcome to another episode from A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean, Carl McKenna and Benwyn Stanley. Whether or not you've seen our social media over the last 24 hours, we are delighted to announce that former Everton player Michael Ball has joined the team. And you can hear Ballie as early as Thursday the 4th of February with all the fallout from the Leeds United away game. Going forward, guys, the transfer window has now slammed shut. Lee, one in, eight out. What are your thoughts?
0: Uh, I'm quite pleased with it. Mick, I think we've spoken previously. January is notoriously difficult. You're seeing overall the window, there was not much happening. I think certain um, news channels, sports news channels, which will remain unnamed, um, was uh, quiet, you know, certainly compared to previous years, um, pre pandemic. Um, I think the pandemic got a lot to do with it, the uncertainty around what's going on. Um, but not not many clubs did much, and if if you looked at priorities for Everton before uh, yesterday, it was it was definitely clear in the decks and getting rid of some of the, the players who who either were dead wood uh, from previous regimes or players who weren't getting given an opportunity, perhaps some of the youth, and that's what turned out to happen. We've uh, I think Brand has done a, a really good job in getting these players some opportunities elsewhere in in, in the lower leagues. And we'd like to think that they'd go and seize their opportunity, get some real consistent game time at these clubs and and come back uh, in in a better position to have an impact at Everton. Because a couple were were really treading water, I think, weren't they? Certainly when you look at the likes of Anthony Gordon, he wasn't quite grasping his opportunities when they were coming his way. He looked like he was perhaps trying a little bit too hard. The same could be said of a couple of them. John Joe Kenny, a little bit different. I think he perhaps... Wasn't quite at the level that that Ancelotti was looking for. That became quite apparent when we were choosing different options ahead of him uh, when we had that uh, injury crisis um, a few games back. So, outgoings wise, yeah, nice to see. I think if I was a manager, I'd like to work with a, a little bit of a smaller squad. I don't, I don't think it's healthy to have too many players hanging around, unhappy, all wanting a game. Um, so it's nice to see that we've we've trimmed that down a little bit, and then. You've obviously got the wage reduction that comes with it. Um, and then as for Josh King, I think that's a great addition, Mick. I really do. I think I've read Ancelotti's quotes today and he's he's talked about his pace, the fact that he's he can play all three positions across the front, obviously centrally on the left and, and, and on the right. And he he offers something a little bit different to what we had. He's definitely an upgrade upgrade on Chen and That goes out. So I think we'd all agree with that. Um, and he's one of them players who, every time he played against us, he's the type of player that always caused Everton problems, and we always would reflect upon after a game and say, well, I wish we had a player like that. So, I, I'm definitely not going to write him off before a ball's kicked, because I'm quite confident that he's actually going to come in and do a, a pretty decent job for Everton. I think mean, he's got a lot about him. He's, he's clearly been frustrated in the Championship with Bournemouth. And he'll be keen to prove that he he can still do it at this level. He's only 29. Um, you know, he always looked and, and seemed like a handful from the outside looking in. And 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 he he very much reminds me of the Marcus Bent signing back in 2004. You know, not the highest profile of player, but came in and, and was desperate to to prove himself and do a job at a club of the size of Everton. And you know, I'm I, I'm sure Josh King will be keen to do the same. So. He'll get his opportunities because we can't run with just Don Calvert-Lewin between now and May. That's just not realistic. Even if he wasn't injured, it, it's unrealistic to expect him to play every game. So, he's going to get his chances and I just think it gives us another option. And it's a really sensible, well-thought-out sign. And I, and I don't think it's a panic one either because we've, I think we've seen quotes that we were looking at him in the summer. And for whatever reason, that didn't happen. Um, so, yeah, we've got to get behind him. And, and I'm sure, obviously, all the fans will once they see him play. Um, so for me, yeah, a really good window overall for Everton, and it sets us uh, sets us up, sorry, well for the summer window when hopefully we'll get you know a couple of permanent, high, higher profile additions in.
3: Mm, Carl, just looking at the outgoings: um, Jonas Lossel went back to Denmark on a permanent deal to FC Midtjylland, uh, Yannick Balassi to Middlesbrough on loan, John Joe Kenny to Celtic on loan, Anthony Gordon to Preston on loan. Uh, Jared Branthwaite to Blackburn on loan Chenk Tosen to Bazik Tass on loan again Ellis Sims to Blackpool on loan and Beningami to Derby on loan there's a lot of loans there um, so obviously a lot of those players will be coming back to us in the summer do you feel that the club would probably have hoped for some of them to be permanent transfers so they could really clear the decks a little bit more
1: um, yeah i probably agree with you on that Mick I mean some of the players you've just said then have they haven't been able to get a move have they? no reason. Um, I don't think it's been our problem with that one. It's just been no reason to to move them on in that way. Uh, Saint Tosin was obviously you know big big purchase at the time, and, and really at the ground running did he? And unfortunately being as through requirements, even when Dominic was being injured, so he hasn't really been the shot window. Got a bad injury after being a palace. Uh, I think he might have left then. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a bit unfortunate. Some of them players, I think, they've just had bad injuries at, at bad times in their careers. And you know, Blasi had a, at, at an ACL or something like that. It wasn't like a pretty in, intense injury, and mm. it's probably still cursing them now. That, and I just feel as though them likes of players, I think Everton would have been happy to get them off the books a couple of seasons ago, but it, it never panned out that way. And unfortunately now we're having to, to resort to loans and just getting them off the wage bill and touching on what Lee said then I think that's been the main priority for this transfer market with the wage bill so I anticipate though the likes of Gordon a um, couple of others that you mentioned then that are out on loan you know even Ben Ingeman who plays uh, at that going to go to Derby now I've always thought that that, that, that lad had a decent ability of him to be honest in that in that season when he stepped in I, I didn't. I think he was a great player. I don't. I don't know why. I just thought he'd done really, really well for us. Obviously, not the level that we're looking for now. With you know, with Carlo in charge and the place that he's had track. But I'd like to. I'd like to see him playing a lot more. And, and I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing him playing at that because he does need to be playing regularly to so see where he can actually go in his career. And likewise with Gordon as well. I think he'll definitely retain a better player from this move. And you know, he didn't get no game time at all at Everton. And more than ever, he probably needs it because he needs to fill out a bit. He need, he needs to lay in the game and lay his the trade a bit. And I, I generally think he could have a bright future then, Mick, But as for your question, I, I think I think sixty uh, percent of them. I think Everton would have been happy to sell them, yeah, and just get rid of them completely.
3: Mm-hmm. Ben, looking at Josh King at twenty nine years old, there's not a lot of miles on the clock with Josh King. Um, you know, in six seasons at Bournemouth, he's only played one hundred and seventy three games. 48 goals, which is which is you know just shy of one in three. Um, but even before that, in his previous time at Blackburn Rovers, Hull City, Borussia Mönchengladbach, there isn't a lot of miles on the clock for a 29-year-old. So do you feel like he can come in and, and really impose himself on the Everton team and give us something different?
2: Well, he gave me a few grey hairs to start with yesterday. Jesus, I never know anything like <laughs> it's that last hour. Oh my god, <laughs> Two and <laughs> throwing all night. But well, no, honestly. Josh King, I really think that was a good bit of business by Everton and Marcel Brands in particular with the six-month loan deal. Now we're used to previously giving these type of players at these ages uh, big salaries, hundred thousand pound salaries a week um, for a long length of contracts, and obviously we're not going to get much back over them course of the three. Say signed a three-year deal. 32. We're probably not going to get much for him. So, it was a really, really good bit of business by Everton. And reading into it, reading between the lines, it looks like he's going to have to play at a higher standard to obviously earn that full time move to Everton. So, he's going to have to play for the shirt, work hard, get his head down. And we all know we've seen it. At Goodison. I've seen a stat today: Cheng Tosin goals at Goodison four, Josh King four. <laughs> Cheng Tosin's been there for years. Do you know what I mean? So, it's 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 a very good. Uh, a very very good window for Everton um, I've said that, I've said before I think he would be instead of playing two goalkeepers on the bench we look like Josh King he's also very versatile he's played on the right I don't know if you watched him at the end of last year when we got beat by Bournemouth for home, but he caused absolute chaos again yeah I remember that Yeah, and I remember going we need, we need to get this player in I'm like look mm. at him and You look back a year, Mick, and Man United were after this kid, what, kid, uh, adult, for £25 million this time last year, and only for the fact that they couldn't get a replacement, Sporma, that they chose not to sell, and the same again, just gone, I think West Ham bid, 16 to million, just gone in the summer transfer window, so... I honestly think it's a massive, massive, massive coup for Everton, and I'm really rooting for the guy. Um, A few people have given some abuse regarding his age, but we said the same. Some people said the same about Hammers, saying he's too old, he's passed it. Do you know what? He's put two fingers up at them and gone, watch what I can do. And Mm -hmm. we've all seen before. Josh King is powerful, he's direct, Mm -hmm. and he's got pace. And we are absolutely screaming out for pace at the moment. We're so slow and lethargic at times, and I feel like he's a really, really good option. But overall the window I'm very, very, very happy about. Um you said obviously the outgoings then, Mick. I think it's saving us approximately four point two five million pounds in wages alone. And I was unfortunate not to be on the Newcastle podcast and I was listening in and you were right, the wages is a massive, massive issue with Everton Football Club and you can see the strain to the financial fair play, what Carl and Lee have touched on previously during this, this podcast. So it is affecting clubs and it is affecting Everton. But I as I, stated before, I'm also a massive advocate of loaning younger players out. I, I don't see the point of this under-23 football. Carl mentioned it last time on the pre the pre uh, or the post Leicester game that they play against the same kids every year. Year and they're, they're not progressing. They're not learning the trade. So we've got these players on loan playing at a better standard of football. We've seen with Ellis Sims already. He, he's come off the bench the other day for Blackburn. That's it twice. Already, his name's getting thrown about in the shop window. Mm. So, it's it, it, it's a real positive for Everton getting this this big loan. I, of course, I would have loved to have seen money for John Joe Kenny. would have loved to have seen money for Bernard. But Bernard not leaving the club has opened the door for a massive positive for me for Anthony Gordon to leave on loan. We've said it before, he needs that loan. And I think Preston have, have pulled off a really, really good deal there. He, he's going to be some player in that league. Mm. Um, he just needs to fill out. Get built up. So overall, Josh King, I, I'm, I'm made up, Mick, and I think it's a good window for Everton. And hopefully, we've got a few players leaving who have been out alone, who are contracts are running up. So I'm hoping that frees up a lot of wages for the summer. We can really kick on then.
3: Mm-hmm. Josh King, it, it, Ben's just touched on him, late. he is 29. A bit like the Alan signing and the, the Decore signing in the summer. Is it really important to have someone like Josh King who can just come in and hit the ground running? He knows the Premier League, he's got vast experience, rather than an 18, 19-year-old young lad who is still trying to apply his trade, learn his trade, learn his craft. Whereas with Josh King, say for, argument, say for the next couple of games, we know he can put him straight in and put on a performance. Is, is that that little bit extra that you think that Everton might need, rather than having to blood a youngster in and kind of wait for them to develop?
0: Yeah, I think it's it's less risk, Mick, isn't it? I think he fits the the Ancelotti profile of someone who, who's very much for the here and now. I don't think he's he's too interested in someone who's going to be, you know, potentially impactful two or three years down the line. You know, this is a guy who, on the face of it, should be able to come in, like you say, hit the ground running and start delivering straight away for and that's what we need, Mick. We, me and you have spoken uh, off air, and you know, I think a few of us have. We're, we're reaching a crux point of the season, aren't we? Where it could go either way. Um, and this addition of of Josh King, it might just lift us and give us that little bit of depth and, and options that we need mm-hmm. to turn some of these these games, like the one that we, we've we just unfortunately had to endure at the weekend, into a different type of result. Because if we can't, it's not too late. I know we're all feeling a little bit down over... The result of the weekend, but you know, if we can get a positive result tomorrow, which again, we're more than it's the type of game that you wouldn't put it past Everton to go and win, and then you've got, of course, the FA Cup coming up on the horizon next week, things could look very, very different. So, yeah, I think it's a sensible, well thought out addition. Most of the, of the feedback from, from Twitter and, and other sources that I've seen has been positive, and quite rightly so, because. I would much rather get someone of the ilk of Josh King in than, let's say, the other guy from um, Bayern Munich that we were linked with. It, it, Josh his Green name University. is Josh as well, yeah. Josh yeah. I probably, I'm, I'm probably a little bit more enthused and a bit more optimistic about him coming in than than him because I think he will get more opportunities and I think he's better equipped. He's he's savvy um, in terms of the Premier League. He's got the the know how and the nouse and that you can't put a value on that either. You know he's he's physically equipped to come in and and deal with the the pace and the aggression of the Premier League. We that there would have been a question mark over Josh Zeki coming in, whether whether or not he would have been able to deal with it. So, like Ben's just said, there I am more than quietly confident that we'll we will see uh, a really solid output from. Josh King between now and May. And it wouldn't surprise me if he bags out at least half a dozen for us and, and has a real impact at the club. And and he'll take pressure off Calvert Lewin, he'll yeah. take pressure off Richarlison. We need another goal threat up there. Um it's fair to say our, our our goals have dried up a little bit of late. So we need another option. And that bench at the weekend, you know, two, we how many times have you mentioned lads, you know, two goalies on the bench. Yeah. Um you know, Tosson's been perhaps our only option in terms of a striker to change the game that's not good enough certainly not good enough if you're pushing for top four or top six so uh yeah it's a no-brainer for me and he's going to come in and hit the ground running i'm sure Mm. carl looking ahead to the summer um you know obviously a lot of these players that have
3: left us in this window are loans but the likes of yannick balassi jonas lossell uh you know they won't be coming back um, Theo Walcott's contract ends in the summer and you would imagine that the likes of Czech Tozer and, and maybe Bernard uh, might be you know heading out the door in the summer are you expecting a, a busier transfer window this summer and a few more
1: additions well yeah i am to be fair mate but you know i'm a firm believer in not to get your hopes up too much because obviously you know i think we've we've had that crisis before in the past and look look where we ended up with it you know, when we got first taken over, we were buying players left, right and centre. You only need to look at what Ronald Koeman's been saying lately in the press about Everton fans being over-optimistic about where, what they should be doing. But, you know, I don't really agree with that. He had the funds to change that team man, and he absolutely milked it. So, that was his own fault.
0: Yeah. But, Forget it. you know,
1: yeah. I, think, I think moving forward in the transfer markets, Mick, to the answer to the question, we've definitely got the right uh, pedigree in charge to attract these players Josh King said he made the decision on Carlo Ancelotti again. I think he's the third player to say this, uh, since he's been in charge, and he's openly came out and said it. So, I mean, I, I think in the summer we we we'll already be looking at players right now, and you know, seeing the likes of Memphis Depay, he's out of contract in the summer. I mean, no, we didn't do it at United, but you know, these types of players, are big players, who I think Ancelotti will definitely have eyes on players like that. So. I think with the pulling power of him at the uh, helm, and you know the likes of Brands doing a fantastic job, getting tied down as well as soon as we can. I, I think in the summer I'd expect three, four of similar quality to what we brought in in the regards to the Corey, Allen and Hammers. And uh, I think Ancelotti believes in the project, and uh, they've obviously sat down and spoken about it, um, and maybe that's the reason why this January they were like, look you know, we can see we can see the gaps appearing, but, you know, FFP or for other reasons that just were, were out of his control, we had to clear the decks. And the priority was, you know, we got Josh King in the last minute of the, of the transfer window with a great sign, in my opinion, like the lads have, have touched on there. So, moving into the summer, I think we'll already have other heads up on that. And, and I think we'll be removing pretty, pretty quickly, as well as moving players out who ever have to return. Because, unfortunately for some of them, you know, it, it, it's um, they haven't cleared it up, and Let's have it right. So, yeah, I anticipate the summer will be three or four of very, very good quality signings. Mm, ben, are you anticipating a busy summer, Ben? Um,
2: yeah, I think like you said, there's some players that who have left, who aren't coming back, who are quite big wages. So it is going to free up some wage structures for to get these players in. Um, it's quite clear. I, I, I think we we're in desperate need of a right back. Um. No disrespect to the club captain, but a great servant. Um I just think we need a just a new young uh, right back. Um mm. uh, I think that's probably the, the number one priority for me. And obviously hopefully Josh King hits the ground running, um and he could get a, a new contract of Everton and push on after the six month loan deal and I think he will. Um, I don't know how long the contract will be, but I think he will. I think he's, like I said before, he's going to be a great addition. But we need a right wing and maybe another striker. Um, you like the, the likes of Bernard, John Joe Kenny. You'd like to think that we're going to get some fees for them. And obviously, the moist, keen drama. There's probably going to be a bit more regarding him. Um, he, he seems to fall out of favour PSG at the moment. So we're going to get bids coming in for him. He's going to need to be replaced if he does leave. and We've another three or four top quality transfers like we've just had and I'd be over the moon. Um I do think we'd still need to ship out some deadwood. We're, we're still clearing up mistakes made by the man himself, Ronald Koeman, Mr Big Mouth today. Yeah. Um So, it, it is... It, it, Marshall Brand still has got a task on his hands if he signs his deal to stay. Um, but, like Carl just touched on there, it's so refreshing to see players coming, probably taking... Not a personal deal for them, no disrespect to Fulham and Josh and, and uh, Scott Parker, but it, it, they're offering the the big long term deals to Josh King, and he's gone no luck. Carlo Ancelotti is calling me here. It, it was brilliant to see him come out with them comments, and instantly, I was like, He's gonna, he's gonna. He's gonna really push hard for Carlo Ancelotti. It's yeah, it's 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 really good to see. And I'm I'm hoping in the summer that we might be in the same situation. And we have we then have bargaining powers over players. It's clear to see the Hammers said last summer, "No, I want to work with Carlo Ancelotti, and that's it. That's how we managed to get such a good deal because we're not fighting against other clubs. Ancelotti, I said before, is the best signing Everton made in years. It's put us on the, the front foot and it's got that pulling power now for play. So, yeah, I, I, I do expect another three or four top-quality players, Mick, and hopefully then we can then start to see, especially next year, Carlo's squad, because we're still looking at the bench, as Lee you said before, and seeing some of the... He's not going to come on and impact the game. It's not Carlo's squad Yeah, This is a project, and Evertonians, we, we, we need we, we want stuff now, and... I listened to the last podcast and what what Carl said there. We, we he, came in and I thought we were going to blow money like Man City and, and get the big players and and it's backfired. We're signing mm. signed all the players who were not as good. Uh, you look at the Balassis, we bought the Classens and but well, Michael Keane turned out to be probably the only good one to start with that first window. So. We just need to take our time, build, get Carlo's squad, and we'll push on next year. And I'm confident we'll we'll still push on this year, but let's get Carlo's own squad so we can build for the future. Mm.
3: Looking ahead to February, guys. Lee, it's a really big month, this uh, Everton play. Leeds United away, Manchester United away, Tottenham Hotspur in the Cup at home, Fulham at home and then them lot across the park away from home at the end of February. It's a really big month, isn't it? And like you said, at the moment, you, you feel like our season could go one way or the other. Do you think by the end of February, we're going to know which way we're going?
0: Well, we will, won't we, mate? Um, a lot will hinge on that FA Cup game because I, I, I'm haunted by that feeling of that we've had all too often in recent seasons where we, we're... We're at the end of January start of February and, and our season is in effect finished and it's over and we have nothing else to play for and it's a horrible feeling and, you know when you're having to watch the later round of the cup and you're not involved and you see the draws unfold and you're not involved and you're thinking oh we would have had them and it always seems to be the way doesn't it that whoever you get knocked out by gets a, an easy draw in the next round and stuff and you're thinking oh what might it be I just hope that's not us this month and you look at Tottenham's perf- well, okay, performance against Liverpool at the week they they were shocking. Um, it depends what Tottenham turn up because the are very very beatable on the day, and then Harry Kane being out is certainly <laughs> going to help our cause as well. So we have to go all out for for that. I've said it. I've said it previously. And Me, my, and my opinion hasn't changed. I'm all about the FA Cup. I would take now an absolute hammering in the derby and probably taken a couple of points from the others if we, if it meant us ultimately winning the FA cup i don't care about anything else i just want that honours list to tick over and show one more trophy and to get this wretched monkey off our back um but that's probably i'm i'm probably in the minority there that's probably my frustration and absolute desire for everything to win a trophy taken over from the rational point of view which is we're still in with a shout of a decent league finish and you've, you've just mentioned some of the fixtures there tomorrow's a tough game but can go either way on the day leads are terrible as well they, I don't, they, they very much adopt the scattergun approach I, I don't even know what game plan Bielsa comes out with when he's sitting there on his little bucket um, <laughs> I, I've, I don't know what I don't know what they, what they are they just seem to just go out and, and they just run around like nutters Um So, um, I'd like to think Ancelotti will have a game plan for tomorrow and will have given those players a massive kick up the backside ahead of tomorrow. And then you look at Man United, really, really tough game, but we owe them one. They've given us a couple of beatings of late. And then uh, Fulham at home, you'd like to think... Well, you, you hear yourself talking, don't you? I'm about to say you'd like to think we'd win, but again, it's one of them games, isn't it? So. But listen, we've we've brought in Josh King, we've we've cleared out the dead wood. Hopefully, there's a, a sort of a, a breath of fresh air around the, the training ground and the club this month. Things probably feel a little bit freshened up, and you know it's always nice to see a new player coming in and showing what he can do and getting everyone else on the toes. And maybe it will um, it will knock the lights of Richarlison into action a little bit more, and it might just create that little dynamic. We might just fall upon a dynamic up front with Josh King being included and it might start to click and to work and let's hope it does but yeah, it's a massive month and I just want to get to the end of it and we've still got something to play for obviously my preference would be the FA Cup if not and if we do end up going out to the FA Cup God forbid we don't we pick up enough points to still be in with, in, in with a shout of, of a decent league finish a European place the worst case scenario, of course, Mick, which we doesn't bear thinking about, is that we do neither, and we've got really, really nothing to play for. But I'm I'm confident that that won't be the case under Ancelotti. I think he's um, he'll have them well drilled and eyes on the prize. Mm-hmm. Carl, just when you think that the season might be slipping away
3: or, or a, a few bad results are going to start to happen, this Everton team have surprised us. They've surprised everyone. They've come out with a real gritty performance after a really poor performance the week before, with leads away. Manchester United away, and Tottenham at home. They need to go back to what they were like against the likes of Wolves, Chelsea, Arsenal, don't they? And there is you you do like to think there's a different mentality within the football club when they're backs against the wall under Carlo Ancelotti. We
1: need that again, don't we, in these next three games? Um, Yeah, I'm I'm going to agree with you on that, Michael. But for me, that's unfortunate because I don't really want to play football like that. I'll be honest. Um. I fought against Leicester, that, that adopted plan, that Ancelotti's work so well. Did not work. Did not work, mate. We, we looked horrendous. You know, I would go as far as to say it's the worst game I've seen underneath Ancelotti. We had we lacked ideas and, you know, going forward we horrendous, didn't tap the ball, couldn't keep over the ball, you know, we didn't even have any of the possession. So I see what you're saying in regards to going back to basics and you know, driving results out again and trying nicking the 1 0s because that's in theory what we're going to do, isn't it? I, I think, I imagine that you've hit the nail on the head there, and Ancelotti's probably thinking, well, yeah, you know, we are missing Alan, we are missing um, a couple of other players who, who aren't fully fit, i.e., and still doesn't look fully fit. So maybe he's thinking the likes of him and DCL are not, not, at, not at 100%, and maybe the, the right plan is to just go back to basics and. That might mean having to take Rodriguez out of the team and play, we'll be out on the right. Or, you know, there's, got, there's going to be a few changes, I think, for the game tomorrow. But I'd, I'd like to see us tomorrow mix or sort of adopt a bit more of a game plan than just sit back against the lead team. I mean, that ah, makes me sick and me float to think that we're going to go there and do that, if that makes sense. Um, Because we shouldn't be doing that. We should be putting these to bed. We should be putting these to the sword. We're the Premiership team, and I've been for a long time. And like Lee said, then these are the scattergun approach, and I think that's what throws managers off because I don't think anyone can like sort of do any tactics before the game because it's like what ideas have these got today? Um, so yeah, you're right, Mick. Maybe go back to basics, but for me, we need to be careful that we don't fall into that like four four two or four, five, one deep roll when we're out of possession and then when we're getting it, which it's too far away for to even make any impact. We're winning balls back with our centre-mids at left-back. You know, it's, it's, you're never going to get out of there. You're going to be hounded out of the game eventually and, you know, quite clearly against Leicester, that's what happened and we, we were lucky to hold on, mate. So, I'd like to see us tomorrow come out a bit more enthusiasm. Lee touched on it again there. You know, it might be a bit more of a happy atmosphere around the club after the transfer window's finished everyone knows they're still at the club everyone knows they've got a job to do people have left on loan the squad's been you know assured down to a nice number now everyone will feel like they're part of that squad now for the rest of the season and, and they have to get their act together and get together as a squad and, and show some um, passion and, and you know what let's get at this and let, let's win the game what, what, what way we win it is irrelevant but let's win the game Ben,
3: Leeds United away, Manchester United away, and Tottenham at home. Are you expecting us to adopt that approach that we are talking about, where we're very rigid and solid and we try and nick a goal on a set piece or a moment of brilliance? Or are you expecting us to be a little bit more flamboyant?
2: Um, well, I thought the, the flamboyant lineup against Newcastle would have been enough, but we seem to lack ideas in the final third again. Um... So it, it, it's such a weird, weird year this year in the Premier League. I feel like the home teams like tend to be space-jammed and kind of like stop out of play. And the away team seems to be on the back foot at the moment this year. It, it really is bizarre. Like We got lucky last week. Obviously, we lost to Newcastle, but the results haven't hit us as they should have, looking at it. A lot of teams around us have dropped points. So tomorrow is massive. Um I'd like—I've said it before—I'd love us to see like the attractive football, and I really did think we were going to see that last Saturday, but it kind of stopped in its tracks. Um, so, do we go back to what we do when we were picking up points in December? Um, I remember seeing some of them lineups and going, "Oh God, we have got no chance here," um, and playing really, really defensively solid and nicking the goal, but like looking very comfortable in doing so. I mean, it, it's not attractive football, I agree with Carl, it's not, but it, it's three points at the end of the day, and at, at this time I don't care how we get them, as long as we get them. I'd love to see us playing flamboyant attacking football, I really, really would, but uh, it, it's a weird one, do we just stick to what we know? It, it, it's a tricky one, I'm sure, a lot of Blues have the discussions online and talk about this podcast and have their own opinions, but it's, it, it didn't work, it seems to be when we go at teams, we haven't got either the pace or the last ball isn't Quite there, and we don't really seem to create chances. So maybe back to basics. Um Because tomorrow they're, they're going to come all, all at us tomorrow. Like like the boys have touched on there that there literally is what what are they going to do today? It could be a case of one six and the whole the other nine just leg it forward. That just, <laughs> just a mad team to watch. them don't get me wrong, it's entertaining, but they can score six, but they can also concede six. So you know what I mean, it's one of them. The one of them teams that just they're either hot or they're really, really not hot whatsoever and they, they, they've had their own meltdowns this year. They got beaten home by West Ham um, recently. They've been hammered by United 6-2 and it's it's one of them. We're all having them and, but they've had a good result against Leicester away uh, on the weekend. So I'm with Lee, by the way, on the whole FA Cup. The first time I came on with you boys, it's a cup for me is, is the one that I want more than anything um, to end that them years of hair, it's just I'd love to see us win a trophy I really don't care about anything else I'd love the FA Cup um, so that spares game for me is is massive out the three we, we've got to, we've, we've got to really take advantage of that Kane injury and Spurs spares seem to be the evidence of the self. they seem to Everton them up themselves so it's going to be a battle of the jinxes I think so look I really want to push on if we can get through spares, there's a few tricky fixes for a few of the big boys in that next round as well and we're getting into the last eight then and get one lucky more draw we're in the semi-final of the FA Cup and anything goes then it literally is get a goal and let's push on to the final it's that close now and the United of the Ways at Old Trafford you know it's it's one of them we haven't won there since the, the Oviedo one under Martin a few years back but let's let, let's try and let, let's go tomorrow, game by game. Let's get tomorrow out the way. Fingers crossed, we're going to win. Um, and let's really, really push on in the FA Cup. Um, that's mm. what I really want to see, uh, personally. But to answer your question, Mick, I don't know. We don't know what Carlo's going to adapt, but tomorrow it could be backs against the wall. Mm. Okay, boys, it's time for predictions
3: for the Leeds United game. We'll start off with yourself, Lee. Oh, I don't
0: know. I don't, Mick, it's a hard one. It, it, it's, it's like. I can't think of a harder game <laughs> to predict. All
1: um, oh, right, I'll, I'll just pull one out the bag.
0: Three, two, Everton. Carl. Um, it's like we're
1: going to I'm going to uh, <laughs> sit on the fence with this one, Mick, and I'm going to call a draw. mate one-one.
2: Okay, and yourself, Ben. Um, it, it really, really is a difficult one. This. I, I'm going to go backs against the wall 1-0
3: Everton nick a win Okay and I'm going to go 2-2 So two away wins and two draws Guys thanks for joining us as always thanks for listening as we said uh, before we started the show Michael Ball has now joined the team and you can hear him on Thursday the 4th of February which is the post-match Leeds game with all the fallout from that in the meantime stay safe take care and all the best
0: You've been listening to A View From The Bullens brought to you in partnership with flatback4.co.uk clothing inspired by the beautiful game and fanscapes.co.uk made by fans for fans.